We wish to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation and the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded and produced. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Minogue fans. We recognise that these lands have always been a place of storytelling through music. Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. You gotta hear this song. A wombat. Well, hello, fellow Stannies and dance floor darlings, and welcome to a very, very special episode of This Is Disco. My name is Adam Eve, and I'm, of course, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Eliza Day. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm I'm shocked to be here, Adam. (laughs) Very, very, very excited. How are you? Doing good. Very excited to bring the listeners this amazing interview that we have done with the one and only... Jazzy P. I, I'm still just grinning from ear to ear after having <laughs> spoke to her. Like, you know, so I guess a bit of a, a background on this episode is, you know, everyone knows we love a Minogue rap, mm. obviously. Whether mm-hmm. it's them whipping out a little rap, whether it's a feature artist rapping on a song, whether it's Danny joining us on the podcast for a rap here and there. Right. We love it. <laughs> so, you know, we'd spoken about doing, like, a rapping with Minogue's episode where we talked about all our favourite, like, Minogue raps and, you know, we'd always dreamed of having Jazzy on. And so it was kind of like, well, Shocked is the ultimate Minogue rap. So we thought, maybe, maybe she'll come and chat to us just for a little bit. Little did we know how amazing, just so kind, so funny, so wise, and just so generous with her time that Jazzy would be. That The whole episode is Jazzy. We will do a rap episode another time. This is all about Jazzy P. Just, I'm speechless. The interview definitely took on a life of its own, and after we finished it, we sort of looked at it and we're both like, well, this is a full episode. Mm -hmm. So raps, that's something that we will do down the line. Uh, But right now, this is definitely the rap that we need to be talking about and the person rapping that we need to be talking to. But before we do get to the episode, Eliza, I do want to ask, because we didn't get to give everyone a real catch up on the Danny episode. (laughs) No, we won't. <laughs> we were shocked then as well. <laughs> yeah, we were shocked then as well. We we had a different level of news to be delivering the listeners. <laughs> yes. Uh, what has been happening in the last month over in the world of Minogue? Well, by way of the world of Minogue, I guess our manifesting business is officially open and launched yes. <laughs> because, um, as you all know, uh, per our last episode, which was you know very recent. The girl vinyl is a reality. No more of listening to us complaining, wishing for it. It's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, watch this space for, for more info on when that is going to, you know, land date-wise and stuff. But it's it's happening. I, I just, 
it's everything we wanted. Um, and speaking of vinyls that have been manifested, Kylie, Impossible Princess, uh, in all the colours of the rainbow, I mean, I just, I don't have the words. So those two things have happened <laughs> since we last spoke and, you know, I think there's just been pandemonium across the internet. Every time, you know, something was announced, it was just the internet was broken. Both times. Um, what else has been happening? Oh, um, Kylie is on the new version of Kids that Robbie recorded for his new album, mm-hmm. which I think we spoke about that briefly a couple of episodes. When did we last record? I don't even remember. Aside sp- from well, we like spoke Danny. About, we spoke about the uh, Disco Symphony. Disco Symphony, right. Okay, so two things. Disco Symphony was on the Robbie album, but there's no Kylie on that. I'm not sure if you've heard it yet. I have, yeah. No Kylie. And weirdly, not that this is a Robbie podcast, I can't imagine Kylie. I was listening to it and I'm like, where would Kylie fit in here? It feels like a Robbie song. Right. Except maybe in the bridge. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Mm. But anyway. Oh, the other thing that's happened since we last spoke, it was a uh, friend of the pods, Gloria Gaynor's birthday. So yes, it was. little shout out and a very, very happy birthday, Gigi, from happy us. Happy birthday to the glorious Gloria Gaynor. Yes, one of our most favourite people to ever exist. Yes. And, I mean, other than that, I guess before we get to Jazzy, the perfectly timed release with us doing a rap episode was um, an Australian rapper releasing a song called Tracy Grimshaw that name checks both Kylie and Danny. Oh, my God. It's Malalo. <laughs> have you heard this? I have not. Oh, my goodness. She name checks so many Australian icons. So the song is called Tracy Grimshaw. My gosh. The artist is Malalo Adam. This is your new favourite song. It will be going on the record, Doctor. I can almost guarantee it because... The, so the Kylie lyric is, like Kylie, they can't get me out of their head. And oh, then wow. after she name-checks Natalie and Brulia, she says, and I pose, petite like Danny Minogue. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Iconic. So this <laughs> dropped just when we were starting to plan, talking to Jazzy and we're talking right. all around, like, this is meant to be, the stars yeah. are aligning. So anyway, I highly suggest everyone listen to this. It is brilliant. It's, oh, she says something like, wake up like Jeff. Like, it's, it's just every oh my god, an icon is mentioned in, like, under three minutes. Incredible. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, um, I, I mean, I guess we just need to, like, let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. It's time to get sexy, y'all. Well, the excitement in the virtual studio this month is at fever pitch as we welcome this truly iconic guest onto This Is Disco. This remarkable Kylie family living legend played a massive part in both Eliza and I's childhoods and teenage years. And I can imagine the inner child buried somewhere within are both absolutely spitting out right now. (laughs) It is Eliza and I's absolute honour to welcome onto This Is Disco, Pauline Bennett, or as you lovers and stannies may be more familiar with her as, Jazzy P. Welcome onto the podcast. Jazzy P, how are you? I'm fantastic, thank you, and it's an honour to be invited. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, no. This is... (laughs) This is... I know. 
Eliza was saying just before that this was, you know, you were on very top of our list for one of the guests that we wanted to get on the show very, very early on. So it is an absolute honour for us. <laughs> yeah, I was. I wish, you know, we don't do video for this at all, but if people could see both Adam and my face right now, <laughs> it's just my cheeks are already sore from smiling because I'm, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm like a, a little kid all over again. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> he says hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I the big club head in me because I am a massive, massive dance music and dance culture freak. So you feature on the incredible club classic Get Loose with LA Mix, and there's not a lot of information online about it. So I'd love to know more about how it came to be. Um, well, what happened was that I had to DJ. I, I had a group called the Brutal Ladies, and we used to go gigging all around the country and stuff. And then it sort of ended up with just me and my DJ, and I entered him in, into the Disco Mix Championships. And alongside that, they had a rap championship. So I entered right. that a couple of years ago. And um, that was in the times when you used to have to be able to diss people. So you'd like have to really be able to... <laughs> And I was the only girl in my section, so I had to get deep on these dudes. Right. <laughs> um, so in the end, um, I came third in the British Rap Championships and yes. I was seen by LA Mix then. And um, he asked me to come along and, and, and do a couple of tracks with him. And from that, I got signed to A&M Records. Wow. Wow. Were you rapping as a child? Like, were you, was that just something you always did? Or was it more? I've always done performing. I've always performed. Um, my main thing's dance. Um, I started dancing for my uncle's jazz band when I was four years old. And uh, we used to have coins called Thruppany Pieces. And he used to um, play, play in a pub um, called The Merry Boys with his band. And I used to dance in there and people <gasps> used to throw Thruppany Pieces. Um, wow. What inspired me to rap was Rapper's Delight. Um, oh. I absolutely love that, and I sat, I'll never forget, I sat at the top of my stairs at home with the cassette recorder that we used to press, um, one of those long ones, Yes. Put every single word, and I wrote it all down, I learnt the whole thing, um, oh. that, that, just, that just inspired me 100%, I mean I'd heard a track called Killer Joe beforehand, and it was more of a, on a jazzy vibe, because my name Jazzy doesn't actually come from rapping, it comes from dance because um, I used to be the only girl that used to be on the jazz dance floor. And somebody said to me one day, you're jazzy, aren't you? I thought, yeah, I am. <laughs> so that's how the name jazzy right. actually came out. <laughs> Wow. It's funny. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get to Shocked soon, but it's funny listening to you talk about how you'd write all the, the lyrics down and then rap it and stuff. It's like that's literally what we were doing with yeah, yeah. your rap in shot. 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, and, and we're not the only ones. <laughs> no, no. Also, they used it for their wedding vows, which was really nice. Oh, wow. It was so sweet. Yeah. Wow. A couple of guys used it for their wedding vows, and that's like, oh, that, that, that has got to be the biggest honor ever, that. Yeah. Wow. wow. I was, I was, that was just wonderful for them to say that. It's lovely. Yeah. That's we will amazing. get to shocked, as Eliza said. Yes. <laughs> with get with get loose, obviously, I 
have this on wax myself, so I remember recording it onto mixtape cassettes and, you know, <laughs> like that, listening to it and, you know, writing all the words out. And it's just a rap club classic. And then, of course, there's the piece de resistance of these <laughs> bangers, 1990s Feel the Rhythm. What can you tell us about that track? Because, again, banger, and it still sounds so great, especially with the bass just turned right up. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of versions of that online i did have to text somebody the other day so i didn't like his version because he dropped me in too late and made me sound like turkey um i wasn't being rude and it's just that you know as, as a dj myself if i'm gonna you know when you hear something it doesn't sound right yeah it just doesn't sound right um right. it could sound better and that's all you needed to do is tweak a little bit so it's nothing major but it's just that you know wrenched on my ears just a tad um yes, again, <laughs> One that I did with LA Mix, um, unfortunately, I don't know if you know, but unfortunately, Les has passed away, um, passed away a couple of years ago, yeah, and so did Emma. Emma died before him, which was way much younger. Um, she passed away as well. So the only person from LA Mix that's left is Mike Stevens, who was the saxophonist, because um, James oh, wow. Hamilton's passed away as well. He was from the record mirror, and he, he was one that did the not for long um, right. in the tracks. So he's oh. gone too. So there's only me and Mike left. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and all the all the all the guest artists are still around. Kevin Henry and myself. And, you know, we're still about all about. But the main LA Mix crew have gone now. So no, nothing more for the Mix Doctor, I'm afraid. Oh but yeah, Les, Les, um, Les had a studio in his home in Milton Keynes, and um, that's where I went to do all, all the tracks with him. That's where we did Feel the Rhythm. And Feel the Rhythm. What he did was he got permission from Chic to use the Freak. Um, which, to be honest, I wouldn't have done because that meant splitting the royalty three ways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd already been chipped out and any royalties of anything else that I'd done. So, you know, it's the only one, so give it to me, please. But, you know. Um, but, but I mean, the thing is, it's, it's, I mean, I did, I did reach out to Nile Rogers last year to say, look, is there any chance I can come and perform this with you? But um, his management said no. Oh. Um, yeah, they said well, they only they only ever do ten sheet tracks at a time, and they're all sheet tracks that they do when he goes in concert, so he doesn't do anything. But I think it would have been an interesting collaboration yeah, to do it sure. with him live. Um, but you know, there you go. You can't have everything, can you? Uh, <laughs> we're very good at manifesting things on this podcast, so we will just put that out we are. in the universe and see if we can make this happen. Jazzy, what was it like being a female rapper in the UK in the 80s? Because that's pretty epic. Well, it was it was a bit difficult, really, because one, um, we 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 automatically wrapped in an American accent. I didn't do it on purpose, mm. um, but I was, I mean, you can hear my accent. This is how I really speak. So could you imagine me doing what you have here with the girl with the juice? So check out my style because I'm going to get loose. I haven't got because I'm, I'm not from London. I'm from a place called Wolverhampton. Um, it's only because I went to a convent grammar school that I haven't got a broad Wolverhampton accent. Um, so I've got sort of an in-betweeny one. Um, all the girls that I went to were quite posh. So <laughs> that's what I ended up. And then obviously going to London every summer for, and every school holidays, more or less, I went to London to stay with my cousins. So my accent is not typically Wolverhampton. 
Right. And um, say it, it was that thing where you just you just opened your mouth and whatever came out was what came out. And it just so happened that it sounded like an American accent, um, but it wasn't on purpose. Um, and also the other thing we found that, um, and it happened with me, the Cookie Crew, the She Rockers, um, quite a few of us English ones that when we did get a record deal, the next thing you know, our skins got lightened on the record sleeve because they said it wouldn't sell mm. if, our, if, we were, if we were darker, oh. you know. Oh, <laughs> so wow, it was just one of those music. I mean, I actually caught them doing it at a and because I, I went in and I, I was watching them do my record sleeve. It's like, why are you taking me up a few shades? <gasps> <laughs> no. Yeah, well, but, you know, that, that was just how it was in those days. Um, you know, you couldn't be your true yeah. self. Um, it's a lot easier now. Because obviously, for one, if you wanted to release a tune now, you could just do it yourself. Right. So you don't have to rely on a record company and, and, and neither a major either. And um, the other problem I had was that they didn't want me to do anything more serious. And before I'd gone into that, I mean, like when, when I was with the Brutal Ladies, we were doing tracks about South Africa and apartheid. And even though, because what we used to say is we dress for the men and rap for the ladies. So we'd wear suspenders and short skirts and all sorts of <laughs> rapping and then we'd be like dissing the guys while they're drooling. It's like, well, I'm telling you about yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So sort of do that at the same time, sort of thing. So we'd get the attention, but make sure that the lyrics that we were, we, we were putting out were, were quite positive. So, I mean, the most conscious track i was able to do there were well there were two really it was um the message is love which was on the end of an al green and arthur baker tune um you'd have to go digging for that one it's called it's called love is the message um the cupid mix and that's by al green so i was put on the end of that one so that one's about world peace and everything and then rebel woman with dna i was able yeah. to talk to the ladies and then there was another track that i did with a guy called clive agard and that was um it was a it was um for the world transplant games um where, where people that had transplants they all do so we did the theme tune for that and that was called reach so those are the most serious ones but i mean i had a track called assault and rappery which i absolutely loved and i was never able to record it professionally um and that was about using lyrics instead of weapons can i do a bit mm. of it for you yeah. it goes please. Quite far. Yes, please i'll try and slow it down it goes, you think you're able to battle me because you hold an Uzi well, step off boy, and just excuse me while I clear my throat. You got no hope, take note of the scars of my assault and rapidly fasten the bullet more base near tank. I'm the funky general, you're the private of the low ranks. I've been near the ramble of the hip hop scene. Pathetic, forget it. The only security is the magnum in your hand to make your day. Your execution with my lyrics is the lethal way to your death wish. I'll grant any time cats if I'm around, then your ass is mine. See, you get booked for possession of a weapon. I go and detect because my weapon is my throat section. No conviction for anyone. I wipe up the street, never heal the wounds of my soul and rappery rhymes birth forth like a gap thing done he's back because i feel like back and so i don't need a pistol but to kill you lyrics are my weapons to terminally diss you shoot up is your back up when your back's against the wall but a fire this rhymes and see you fall to your knees you'll be begging for mercy the only thing you have to do is curse me i shoot you down with my rapid fire repertoire only refuge you can seek is in the nearest abattoir violence and profanity in your first nature i don't want to hear it step up epiphasia you won't get no room to breathe cease and second it's assault and rappery so that, that was, oh. and those were the kind of things that, God. Crazy. <laughs> you know, and, and oh my God. The record company was not feeling me doing anything of a serious nature. So what I then yeah. did was buy myself out of my contract. Wow. So that's what I did with them. <laughs> it cost me five grand, but it, it was it was worth it in the end. So I had to pay back, you know, some of them the money that they paid out to me in, in advance and mm. things. And right. so the thing is, if they're going to tie you down and not let you do what you want to do, 
then you know it's best to just go and there are a lot of artists out there that are tied down to Mm. contracts and their record companies are not letting them do what they want to do do you think that was mostly because you're a woman because when i think of like rap particularly around that time it's all that kind of messaging and you know fight the power and like and the men were doing it so yeah i do i do believe that partially because one i was a brit um and also because because moni love um she moved over to america Mm -hmm. and she was able to do whatever she wanted to but i didn't want to need to go to the states so i wanted to stay here happily (laughs) you know um and and, and going to america has never been a thing i've ever wanted to do even the love of my life asked me to move over there a good few years ago and i said no i'm raising my son in england and i'm so glad that i did because he probably one of us would be shot by now if oh, i moved no, over there so i can't keep my mouth shut neither can we so go for it the police over there are a separate law unto themselves you know mm. they, they don't work for the government they work for nope. themselves um, right. You know, it's like people say that we've got it bad over here with our police force, but you know something, it's not nowhere near as bad as over there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nowhere near as bad. I, you know, and, and especially where I live, it is. It's 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 a very friendly place. So you can strike up a conversation with anybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you are. Old. I mean, even up to yesterday, um, I saw an old lady struggling with her bags. You know, and I said that. Come, darling, do you want me to help you? She said no, she didn't need any help because the car was just a couple of meters away. But it was, there was not any sort of trying to run off, you know, this right. crazy record. Yeah. You know, it, right. it was taken It was taken for what it was, a, yeah. another person asking another person if they needed help. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and we get, we, we're all right with that in Hampton, you know. Um, yeah. I, I love this place and I've, I've, got, I've lived in London, very cold place to live in. Um, you know, you're sitting across the tube and if you smile at somebody, they'll look down or it's what you're looking at. You know, right. we don't get that here. You know, I'm not in rose tinted glasses land, but in general, in places like where I live, you do get a much better discourse with people than you do in the big smoke. Mm. And that's what we call in the big smoke. And it's people are not as friendly. So when I went to London to live, I only went there to do my dance education. And as soon as that was over and done with, I hot-tailed it right back home um but for the clubs it was wicked the club scene was yeah again the club scene was very friendly yeah. um but your normal day-to-day living in london it, it wasn't it wasn't very friendly at all like the lightning from up above down from the heavens and it gave me love from a man who respects me love the mind as well as my body no well i think we might go into talking initially about, I guess, the idea for the incredible shocked rap, I wanted to ask you, did this come to you from PWL or was it DNA? Um, well, what happened was that I I was, um, it was Les Adams actually that that, that started the ball rolling because he was oh. the one that put me in contact with DNA. Okay. Um, so then, so I didn't meet them until I was asked to do shock. Right. I had met, I had met oh. them first, um, and so they they used to be in Bath. I'm still in top contact with them actually, so I do, we, we give each other a little text message every now and again, and I holler on Facebook. Oh, um, they not, not really do music in, in any great deal anymore. Um, so I was asked to do Shocked, and and I was told, well, it's a pop track, and I'm like, mm, a pop track. Mm. <laughs> and then I heard the mix, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. 
Um, and so what happened was I was given the lyrics um, and then I just listened to them, listened to the track and I wrote the track, my part, based on my personal situation at the time. Mm -hmm. So oh. I sort of married, married it up oh. with what, what had been written already for Kylie. Right. right. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Well, um, as, sorry, oh, sorry. Well, well, as we all know, you recorded two raps for Shocked and they were both truly brilliant. Did you have any say in which version made the single edit? Not really, because I mean, I, I just thought I was doing one for, the start, one for the start of the track and one for the end, because they, oh. they I mean, I live in 12 inch land. So. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, it was like, it was for the 12 inch version, it's at the start and at the end, which is what I expected. Mm -hmm. So anything else on top of that was, you know, was a bonus, really. I mean, I knew they'd wanted it for the seven inch single, right. um, but I didn't know where it was going to actually appear. Um, it's only when I got to the video. <laughs> <gasps> when I went to the video shoot and they gave me a keyhole. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I, I, that, that was on my list of questions is, did you... Let's talk about the video. Where did you mm. film on the same day? Walk us through the whole day. Like it was, it was a pretty good day. Actually, because I had a friend of mine come and do my hair for me because I wanted to be hive. Um, perfect. And um, luckily, it went with clothes that they'd give me anyway because they, they they kitted me out. They already had the video um, tableau, you know, right. sorted out already. Um, then there were no shoes. I thought, well, why are there no shoes? Mm. That's weird. And then I realised it's because my feet were never going to be shown. Oh, <laughs> can't see the feet through the keyhole. That's right. Somebody's just stood there in front of this keyhole, shaking this keyhole in front of me. But we had a lovely day. We had an absolutely lovely day. Um, I got to meet um, Kylie's mum as well. Oh, and, Carol. Uh, Carol. <laughs> lovely. She is an absolute... Because at that time, I was silly in those days. I never used to really eat vegetables. So she introduced <laughs> to that powdered green stuff. Um, I uh, ate vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Carol, Carol introduced you to that? Yeah, she did. I, I love <laughs> that Carol was looking after you on the set of Shot. This has <laughs> made my day. And on the tour. She, she was on the tour as well. She's abs oh, she's an absolute diamond. Absolute diamond. Her family's lot. She's got, Kylie's got a lovely family. Yes. She really has got a lovely family. I only got to meet Danny once and I got to meet her brother briefly. Um, oh, and and But I saw her mum more than anything else. I don't think I met her dad. No, I don't think I met her dad. Um, yeah, well, Carol was often on tour doing costumes and and stuff yeah, like that. So, um, so, so I, I, yeah, so I ended up having, having my green supplements. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I still don't eat Brussels sprouts and I still don't eat green peas. Neither <laughs> do I. Trust I I'm else. with you. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing! Yeah, the, the video was the video was a lot of fun to do. Um, it was a lot of fun to do. We took a couple of photographs as well because it was. I was just amazed, shocked at how <laughs> like how, how little Kylie's legs were. <gasps> I took a photograph next to us to show the difference in our legs. It's like one of my legs was like the size of both of hers. Oh my god! That was sturdy girl, sturdy girl me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that that amazing photo that um, it goes around online, usually around the shocked anniversary? It's black and white. I think it's standing at the top of a s stairs or something. There's one photo that is floats floats about the internet. No, 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 no. It's like it looks like it's from the day of the video shoot. I think. Well, uh, have I got my arm rounder? Yes. 
yeah, yeah, that, that's my picture actually. Is um, it? I, yeah, I put it up on my Facebook once and I think it's just been reproduced. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I always want to. off my camera. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've got the original picture here. Um, I've, got, I've, I've, I've still got my Kylie t shirt. Where are you going? <gasps> <laughs> I've still got my Kylie t shirt from the concert and I've still got the program. Oh, um, oh, I've got yes. everything. I've got the photographs. I've even got the contracts. I've got oh, absolutely frame it. Frame <laughs> it. Well, that reminds me. I remember hearing that um, Shot was the only picture disc that Stock Aitken and Waterman ever did. Do you have that? Because I've never well, seen it. I don't think so, you know. I'd have to dig. Because with me, I put things away and I put away quite. Because one of the things was that the doctors told me I couldn't have children. So anything I did, I didn't really save it because uh, I thought, well, why am I saving it? Because I've got nobody to save it for. Uh, and then by God's graces, I had my baby boy, oh. my Jojo. Um, he's 28 now. Um, and he's not into rap, he's a goth. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, they call, him, they call him Black Blade around here. <laughs> amazing. Black Blade. Because he wears his long leather coat and he's got his gaming rucksack on his back, oh. um, you know. So um, he, he's he's not really interested in rap music, um, apart from <laughs> stuff that maybe um, LinkedIn did. Um, they they did. So, was they they called no Linkin Park? That was oh, it. Because I quite like Linkin Park myself, um, and I think Skinner did a bit of, of um, rap too. So that's the kind that he likes. I mean, he doesn't like um, certainly doesn't like all the poppy poppy business. He's not into that. The only black music my son really likes is soca, which my family's from Barbados, and that's the music from Barbados. So he'll represent oh, on that, but that's about as far as he'll go. <laughs> the rest of it's all like banging and got stuff. <laughs> oh wow! Um, I wanted to ask speaking of Stock Aitken and Waterman. So you know, like around that time, and we spoke about this a little bit on our Rhythm of Love episode. You know, the lyrics in pop, particularly sort of that were coming out then, they, they were very, um, you know, poor woman in a, you know, relationship with an unavailable, emotionally unavailable man, you know, like better the devil you know, you know, forgive and forget, if you, if you say you'll never go. And, you know, and every song was a different variation of that. It's either abusive or it's, you know, really, and that's sort of a subliminal message you get as you're singing along into your hairbrush as a kid. And... But then you came along with that shocked rap and it was like the complete opposite. Like the word respect is mentioned twice. And that was really empowering. Like I would have been about 12 at the time and, you know, jokes aside of rapping into my hairbrush, I like I stood taller when I sang that rap and it was really good messaging as far as, you know, you know, a man who loves my mind as well as my body. Like that was, that was a really, really important message to hear growing up and I guess I'm wondering my question probably is more were you I know you said it was about what you was going on for you personally were you conscious of that kind of message being put out there like something more well, empowering because I, mean, I was just totally loved up me at right. the time because right. um, I, I, I had uh, started off as my DJ and ended up having a relationship with him um and so it, it, it was, we, we were very much in the same place for a good amount of time. But I mean, there's, there's a bit negger on the other side because he was actually cheating on me while I was doing <gasps> it. Oh, God. oh no. 
Oh. He was. He, I mean, the, the, the thing that, that was more irritating was that I knew it would happen because he came from a very strict church background, right. not had a lot of relationships. Right. So I knew that at some point he'd want to have a go. And so it, it, it was expected because he's a man, you know, right. but the thing is I'd, I'd already knew. So I'd said to him, look, when that time comes, let me know. So there'll be no animosity and you can go do what you're doing. And then if perchance things come full circle and, you know, you get that off your chest, then we can come back together again. And because the thing is that, that I understood him and I knew him that well. Right. And he knew me very well as well. But somehow he let it just go past him and he, he just didn't do right. But mm. we still ended up having my boy. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's the most important thing. What happened then was I got, I got really, I got, I, I got very tearful. I cried loads and loads and I lost two and a half stone in two weeks. And I walked past the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I look good. So I rang him and said, thank you. <laughs> because I, I, you see, the thing is, I, I knew it was something he was going through and I knew it was something he was going to go through. Right. It's not like, you know, so, so at the end, and, and the cheating was that when I try and ring home, um, the phone was engaged for like three hours. Right. So I'd say to you, when I, when I got back, I'm like, who are you sleeping with? And I thought, get smart here, girl. It's not who he's sleeping with. Who is on your mind? And that's why mm. I asked him. Mm. Who is on your mind? And then he just Ooh. crumbled. <laughs> you know? So he, when I say he cheated on me, he didn't actually, he hadn't actually physically cheated on me, but he was on the way. You right. know, so it was, it was somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, giving them the the, the, the the story, oh, my girl's on tour and I never get to see her and I'm lonely and... Oh. and, 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 and. All that kind of stuff, oh, you know. Right. So, um, but I forgave him, and um, we got back together again, and um, we had my son, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Joel. Oh. And um, then he left me. <laughs> <gasps> I'm, I'm so invested. I'm usually, I'm just like, what happens next? What happens next? <gasps> oh. Yeah, no, but you know, because I'm at the, at the end of the day, I think you know, it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake for us to get back together. Um, no, but okay. it wasn't in the sense that I've got I've got the bestest boy in the Aww. whole world, and I absolutely adore him. Well, you know, call, he doesn't live at home anymore, and I do miss him greatly. But he'll call me, Mum, come on, let's go out for dessert or let's go out for dinner. Aww. You know, and he's got a lovely little girlfriend. My, my, I call her my Dilly, short for my daughter-in-law, um, and she, she's lovely. So you know, I still get to see him. Um, so, and as I said, the things that what I actually realised was that I don't know if you, you were too young, but in 1983 they they brought out Depo-Vera, which is um, in, an injection contraception, and I was one of the first people to have it in '83. Oh wow! And it was supposed to last for three months. Well, I found out subsequently was because I then became sterile for over ten years, and that's why the doctor <sighs> said I couldn't have children. But what actually happened was that it was originally made to sterilize women in Africa and India, which is no. what they used it for. But then they realized they could actually make money out of it as a contraception. Oh my God. So they sold it to the UK, but they didn't take the gene coding out. Mm. So any woman of color that took Depavera didn't have, I mean, if I'd taken the second shot, I wouldn't have any children. I wouldn't have my son. Um, I don't know why it is I didn't take the second shot, but I didn't. 
And thank, thank God. God. Thank God. Yes, I wouldn't have had my little boo. Because um, I, I would I would never swap the years of raising my son for anything no. in the world. I absolutely had the best time. We used to wear matching trainers and tracksuits. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and we used to go I used to take it to weekends at Legoland. And, you know, one, one time I said to him, Okay, son, we were six at the time and we were due to go to Barbados in the summer. I said, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? And um, he said, Disney, mommy. And I think Disneyland Paris had opened then. But to me, Disney and France don't match. Sorry. It doesn't work. (laughs) Disney belongs strictly in a sunny, sunny land called America. So that was on the Thursday. On the Monday, we were in Disney um, having an absolute whale of a time. We had the best holiday ever. Um, so you know, not not having a daddy, he's not he's not um, suffered for it at all. Because no. what I actually did working with young people, one thing I realised was that I'd hear mums talk badly about the fathers of their children, mm. and that has a great negative impact on kids because, it especially does. boys, because they think, "Am I like my dad? Am I as bad as my dad?" Yeah. You know, does my mom? And, and they second guess if you discipline them. Are, are you disciplining me because you think that I'm like my dad? So I made sure that I didn't say a word because I thought to myself, he may meet him one day and decide mm. that it's the best life spread yeah. and I need to make my baby happy. Yeah. So I'd have to rip through my teeth and say, who oh, is he now? Because what I realised eventually after all the anger and all the angst and everything was he just was not ready to be a father to my child. Yeah, It was as simple as that. It was, mm. you know, he, he wanted freedom. He wanted to be a lad. He'd not had a chance to be a lad ever. He'd had responsibilities from the age of 17. You know, um, I mean, one of the one of the most terrible stories he ever told me is his mum burned all these records. <gasps> <in> the <background>. <gasps> <gasps> no, so at the end of the day, I had to kind of see with him and say, you know something, no, no, let no, this no, go, no, no, stop being angry. Because at the end of the day, I know I lived a charmed life. Mm. You know, my parent, my dad was picking me up from nightclubs at the age of 14, 15, at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, you wow. know, I'd be, Daddy, I've finished now. Can you come and get me? What and, a legend. And, uh, yeah, because I mean, I started clubbing in 1975 when I was 11. Um, Stop it. Yeah, my parents, they used to take me out. Um, they did ask the, the club owner first, and he said yes, and that was the place called Rising Star, and that's where I had my first ever dance group. So I was leading my first oh. dance group by the time I was 14, and that's everybody amazing. else was like 17, 18, 19, 20, um, but it was my group. You know, so um, my parents have always been supportive over everything I've ever done. You know, my mom and dad let me go to my ballet classes, my shorthand and typing. The only thing that we had to do, we did this, all three of us, me and my two brothers, was polish the ornaments on a Saturday. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's very only, fancy. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing we ever had to do is go into the front room and make sure we polished all the ornaments with Brasso and um, we get our pocket money, you know. So um, our parents taught us that you don't get everything for nothing, but, you know, we, mm. we, we wanted for nothing um, yeah. in the 70s. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that out of all the eras that have ever been, I think a child that was born in the 1960s is the most fortunate you know, we had the best access to music because yeah. growing up, we, we had to listen to Jim Reeves and Slim Whitman at Christmas, but we also got rock and roll. We got Lindy Hop music, big band music, also all forms of jazz, the ska, the reggae, the calypso, you know, so we went through all the genres of music. Yeah. Um, so as a 60s child, you know, I, I, if I die tomorrow, I've got to say it's been the most wonderful life 
and the most wonderful experiences because I don't think, you know, and we weren't as uptight as people are now either. You know, it's mm. people are kind of uh. uptight now. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not politically correct at all. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's perfectly fine. Well, what, you know, Eliza was saying about the connection with the lyrics in the rap and that feeling of empowerment. And it's interesting because it ties in directly with my experience as a gay man and, you know, equal to you regardless of gender. It was formative and super powerful as a blossoming queer boy and such a trailblazing lyric with how it looked at gender. Back then when people weren't talking about gender, like it was, you know, this lyric and Pete Burns in Dead or Alive. That was it. So oh, that's, that's it, nice. I want to say it, it was, it was, um, it was very specific to myself. Um, mm. But I wanted to make sure that people could take that in any way they wanted at any mm. platform. Because, you know, it, it, in those days we did do a lot of dissing. Um, mm. And I wanted people to understand that, you know, everybody is worthy of love. Mm. Absolutely mm. everybody is worthy of love. And you can't turn around and say that you're not just because maybe you like the same person that's the same gender as yourself. You know, mm. um, you can't, love is love. Yeah, absolutely. Love is love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, so yeah. very, very formative. So, yeah, thank you from both of us from two different perspectives that were very important to the people that we became as we grew up. Yeah. Are you, are you aware, like, I mean, I'm sure you see stuff online of how beloved you and this and this rap is amongst the Kylie fans? <laughs> like, are you, are you conscious of it or is it a bit sort of in the periphery or...? It's kind of in the proof because nobody ever told me. Um, it's it's only some of yourselves. I did um, an interview with a gentleman for, for a book about Kylie. I had absolutely no idea I even had fans in Australia. Oh, you <laughs> have fans oh everywhere. Like, Shocked is one of the most, you know, beloved Kylie songs of her entire discography from 35 years. And well, I've noticed it's played on every, every it's, it's in every mixed album and it's on every concert. <laughs> it yep, is. Yep, yep. And if you ask someone, I guarantee you, and this isn't like, oh, it'd be 50 50, it'd be 100% of the time. If you say to someone, sing a bit of shot, they're singing the rap. They're not singing the rest totally. of it. As much as we all love the album version that, you know, doesn't have the rap, but that's not what people go to that's yeah. not what people quote when they're quoting lyrics when they're doing a little fun caption and doing a song pun they're quoting the lyrics of the rap every single time like it's it's wild so that's mental. that's 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 really flattering to hear no it was it's been hugely impactful so and you know another thing as well that really stands out is we spoke a bit about the tour before so i'd love to hear more about that but when people think of that Let's Get To It tour, you know, in Dublin, the, the first thing that comes to mind is you shimmying down that runway, <laughs> going, time to get sexy, y'all. Like, that's the first thing that people talk about is you. I, I couldn't actually tell you a lot about the rest of that concert, but I could walk you through every shimmy and shake of you coming down that runway. <laughs> so, like... What was that? Because not everyone gets invited on a, a tour. Like, I can't think of anyone else sort of across Kylie's career who has then been brought on tour like you were. Like, how did that come about? Like, was it the whole um, tour? 
Well, um, no, because I, I was, I think at the time I was doing Rebel Woman with DNA over in Paris. Um, right. I think, I think it was, I think it was Rebel Woman. Pretty sure it was Rebel Woman. I was, I was promoting that over in Paris. Um, I mean, unfortunately, my problem in those times was I had, I mean, the check it. The management company I had was called Well Dodgy Management. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's um, a, a sign of something you're about to share. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so I, I got I got done really because um, I, I was I was promised that doing the doing the Kylie track would lead to bigger things, sort of thing, um, mm. and it did for their pockets. It mm. certainly didn't for mine. Right. Um, so I only got paid a very small amount for doing the tour, um, not a lot at all. Um, but I mean, for me, luckily, because I do things for the fun, mm. um, it, the, the fun overweighed the, the finance, but it would have been nice to be, you know, compensated correctly oh, for, sure. for doing it. Um, but they, I think what, what they actually did was they negotiated a decent deal, but only gave me a portion of it. Right. Being called well dodgy management. Yeah. <laughs> living living up to their name by the sounds of it. Almost oh. definitely. Um, so, you know, it, it was, um, I mean, I even found out later on that, um, and this for the other records, that one guy that was um, was charged with looking after me, um, he actually works in a different industry now, but he was snorting cocaine with the money he was collecting from the gigs that I was doing. Oh. <laughs> he was just taking it right up his nose. Don't but I didn't just say, so you find these things out years and years later, you know what I mean? Um, and so he's not in the music industry at all now. He's in, in, in fact, he's in an industry that if you were doing that kind of thing, you'd get fired immediately. Oh, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, it's it's I, I was I was young at the time and I didn't know any better. And yeah. a lot of people think one because I'm a Leo and because I'm quite loud that I'm not shy, but I can be. And if I am not comfortable or I don't know my surroundings very well, I'll be quite reserved. Mm. Um, and so because I didn't know the music industry as well as these other people, I kept my mouth shut because I, right. as far as I knew, I didn't know any better. So, you okay. know, they knew better than I did. So I, I followed their very, 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 very bad advice, you know. Oh. And um, so that, which is why I don't own the lyrics to shot to the to the rap section. At don't all. you? I don't, no. I don't. I was persuaded. To, in fact, I did an interview um, and I'd said that I got paid £500 from I was actually wrong because when I look back at the contract, it was only 200 oh, <laughs> but, Really? Yeah. So, so who owns the lyrics then? Stockhake and Waterman or PWL or whoever? Somebody else. Not me. <laughs> That's all I know. I know it's not me. I don't know exactly who does. Um, I just know it's not me. So um, I don't get any any royalties or any kind of credits or anything from that track at all. Really? I think all I get is that the rap was written by me, but I mean, obviously the record's pressed now, so nobody ever has to write that again. Um, but no, I don't. I don't get any anything from it whatsoever. Oh. Just, um, Those... You know, which is which. It, but, but for me, the payoff is that it's actually made a positive impact in some people's lives. Oh, you know, so many! Um, like I cannot tell you how many people just adore that and have the same stories that Adam and I have of mm. being in our bedrooms, like lip syncing, like the amount of times I have been in a club, like this is back in the 90s, 
and up on the podium lip syncing every week <laughs> to that like I was you and just <laughs> so much joy from particularly that section like it's and that's what I say so the thing is at the end of the day I may lament the fact that I don't earn any money from the track but you can't monetize positive impacts you know no. you, you can't they're priceless so you know if, if it means that I've touched people in a positive way then hey ho that's probably what the whole point of it was in the first place not to earn money but to make sure that people found something positive from it Mm, that's an amazing it's, way to look at it. It is. And it's really sad that those that very dodgy dealing of the label, those types of deals started to become the norm as the 90s went on, especially for vocalists and guest vocalists on tracks. It was just no one was getting paid and no one mm. got their credits. And it became far too common a practice, especially like in the Eurodance section and in the house world and... Oh, it's just, yeah, many, many injustices. Yeah. I mean, the things are great if some people can write them now, but, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the people are past now. You know, mm. I'm like, I'm still going. Oh, <laughs> you look amazing. <laughs> One thing I wanted to clear up as well, because, well, you can clear it up. We know the truth, but for anyone out there that doesn't, I think this was probably around the time you were on Big Brother, there was this bullshit quote that was going around that you'd said that you thought Kylie's music was crap but they didn't they cut out the quote or something they cut out the rest of it of what you've said and every now and yeah. then it'll come up and it'll be like oh but didn't Jazzy P say it's like no she didn't it's because the tabloids decided to splice up yeah. stuff so yeah. you have all the yeah. Kylie fans listening right now please set the record straight because we know the truth but let everyone else hear it as well <laughs> Okay, backstage on the Kylie tour, I said to her, I've always used to think as a hardcore rapper that your music was S-H-I-T. But since going on this concert with you and listening to, to, to you in, in concert in particular, because mm. um, I think personally for me, I think a show was way better than what you could hear recorded. Mm. I said, right. I would pay any money to come and see you perform because you give a show, my girl, you give a tea. She, she puts mm. on, see the thing is, because I'm from a dance background, we were taught about Diaglyph's concept of total theater. Mm. So one thing I can't stand is just go to watch a show and somebody just stands there and sings and they don't dress for their audience or anything. Kylie does the whole kit and caboodle. She yes, dresses she for her audience, she respects her audience, and she makes sure she gives them a damn good show that they're never, ever, ever gonna forget. And that's what I told her. Because it's what I used to think, because I'd only heard vinyl stuff, mm. um, and it was all on radio, and, and not a lot of it either. I'd never heard a full album, or anything. because I mean, the thing yeah. is, as a rapper, um, and oh, why in, would you? you? Know, in, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Why would I be listening to pop music yeah. when there's so much rap that I, you know, I was totally immersed in, yeah. in the rap thing. So, you know, I, I never used to listen to anything apart from maybe if I heard something on the radio. So when I'd actually gone to the concert, it was like, wow, this is mm. blowing my mind. This yeah. is like the lick. <laughs> you know, yeah. She is a damn, and then, and then it was for me, to, then I started, people would say to me, well, can't even, I can't even sing. Actually, yes, she can. 
Yeah, <laughs> you can. And I've heard her live. Then mind mm -hmm. what's on because obviously when you when you go on vinyl, people can change things. Yeah. I mean, they've got auto tune now. You know, people can change things to make things sound differently. But what I have more respect listening to her live than than on a piece of vinyl. You know, mm. um, in those days they weren't that inventive when it came to doing mixes and things anyway. You mm. know, but no, I never ever ever said that I thought it was that and it ended there. It's not no. that's what I did before we knew I actually that. Got involved, you know. Anyway. And, uh, well, I, I you... wanna I'll tell you what I really want to do. I really yes. want to do the tour with her where she got the feathers on. I wanna wear some feathers and a bath. Let's, yes. we'll, okay, we are going to put this on our vision board. I'm going to have a picture of you, Kylie. I'm going to surround it with feathers and we're just going to, you know, just put it out there. Just we'll make it happen. Yeah, I, have, I mean, I, 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 I have looked at the costume she's using at different shows and things. Um, my gosh, man, the costumes are the absolute boom. I love them. Yes. Absolutely. And that's, 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 I think I've got a regret with being in the music industry is that I wasn't allowed to do like a show. Right. You know, and like, a, like a show and, and clothes, proper costuming and dancing and, you know, just a whole all around thing. As I say, that's the background I'm from. Yeah. You know, it, and I'm, I'm not a singer by any, strictly in the shower when it comes to the singing. So, you know, <laughs> I'd never want to sing. Um, I, you know, have have all the all the Kylies of this world to come and do that. I just do the rapping and the dancing, you know. But I've I've always wanted to just do like a full rounded show. So I used to do them when I had my group, the brutal right. ladies. I mean, we used to do we used to do little choruses like we're the brutal ladies and we're here to say all that kind of stuff. <gasps> but um, I'd ne never actually I because we had a girl Diane Gray. She she went on to make records um, that was a singer. So any singing required. Diane used to do the singing. I just right. I just write everybody's raps and then do the rapping as well, you know. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing I'd love to do is to either be involved with somebody's tour when we've got costume changes. <gasps> I just want to do it. There's nothing I can tell you right now that would see a Kylie concert arena erupt more than you coming out for shock. Like, I, I could hear the screams now. My only... You what? I still got the outfit. Do you? Oh my god! <gasps> oh, that would I. I mean, if it was only in the UK, I, I would probably fly over for that. If in all honesty, <laughs> if I knew it was going to happen. But I would also love for you to come out to Australia. Obviously, yes, that yes. would be. No, I know we're far away, but that would be you on a yeah. Kylie tour would be just out of this world. huge big brother fanatic and <laughs> how was your experience when you were on that looking back being on it in now the house was, being in the house was great um i made I made a couple of good friends that i still yeah. have contact with to this day um i what i what what was the, i mean people tried to act as though i was going over the top about it but that young lady jale that came into the house after us Right. She set her scope for me. Um, yes. I, think, I, I don't think I didn't. I didn't think that Big Brother should let people watch before they came in the house. 
But what she came and said to me that was off, they didn't show this on TV, was that, um, and it's almost verbatim, you know, because I'll never forget it. She said, I don't like the way that you're popular in here because usually everywhere I go, I'm top dog or leader of the pack. And oh. I'd said to her, well, I'm no dog and I'm no wolf. So you carry on with yourself, darling. You do, yep. you do what you want. So that's actually what it was that set me against her. Right. And I assumed that they, they'd aired it. So I, I was always under the assumption that they'd actually aired that conversation. So then when I'd nominated, because I was the first ever powerhouse mate of Big Brother. And so when I nominated her for being evicted, up for eviction every week, I assumed that everybody knew that because of that conversation. Oh, right. <laughs> right. And, and also one of the things was that they never let me get into the diary room very often. I'd asked to go in and they'd oh, say, wow. you have to wait and then I'd get fed up and not bother going in. Oh. So I was ne oh. never really able to... Well, what I realised once I got out was they had to have a bit of a scapegoat because Helen and Danielle kept arguing mm. and I kept stopping the arguments. They didn't want me stopping the arguments. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's not fun to TV if there's no arguments, is it? <laughs> well, there you go. So the thing is, because I'm trying to make them see it from each other's point of view and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, that is not they wanted so they wanted me out of that house uh, so what yeah. they then did was manipulate stuff to make it look as though i was bullying people you know i mean the, the whole situation with christopher i really liked christopher but what i didn't like was the fact that he take his hand that was covered in in a, in a nasty sore and put it in food but those kind of things you don't do it, it you know and and the reason why i cooked all the time was because i'd watched the others and they were all old enough to be my children Okay, I was at that age where every one of them in that house could be my child. I'd have had to start at 16, but every one of them could have, could have been my child. And I watched their level of hygiene and it wasn't great. Right. Because they were thinking, you know. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I cook, because I said to myself, you know something, you don't want food poison in this place. You do not. And, and then I got lambasted for washing my chicken. Now, the thing is, as a black person, we wash and season everything. There is absolutely yeah. nothing that doesn't get washed or seasoned. But if you were to do a hygiene test and they ask you, do you need to wash your chicken beforehand? The answer is actually no. Mm. So you'd fail. But the thing uh, is, you don't know who was handling your food beforehand. Right. So it doesn't matter what food I'm eating. If I bought my food from somebody else and it's raw, I'm going to wash it. And I actually cleared everything away from the sink, cleaned out the sink with lime and bleach, then washed it. Then I cleaned the chicken with lime, not with bleach. <laughs> and then once it was seasoned, I cleaned down the whole area with bleach again, and then we could use it as a normal sink. And that's how we do as Caribbean people. That's just how we do it. Mm -hmm. I got lambasted for that, but I don't care because when I left that house, once I'd gone, they all gave themselves food poisoning. Well, so I know I'm mm -hmm. totally. I was totally right in doing what I was doing, but that's one of the reasons why I cooked. And I say I had more experience cooking, mm. and that's the main reason why I did. Because, and I, I mean, I taught Danielle how to do a few things because she didn't have to make. Oh, Danielle! <laughs> and, uh, oh my god! You know, and they, they were they were lovely. Now, I mean, the only, the only person really that had a big issue was with, with, with Jale, and um, at one point. Um, she sent some message saying, you know, stop stop running me down on social media, get a grip, get over it. But what she needed to understand was that by me coming out and being termed as a bully, I lost all of my work because I teach oh. dance. And everybody cancelled all my, all my work. So my oh. idea was going to Big Brother on my summer off 
and then get back to work when I come out. Mm. You know, and um, Channel 5, I'm sorry, they were very irresponsible when they held Big Brother because what they'd said to me as I was leaving the house, this is on the same eviction night, was that if I cried and um, apologised for bullying her, that I'd have my own TV series. Well, note, I don't have my own TV series. I do not have my own TV series because there was no way, because people that knew me knew that, that, that the way that I dealt with her would have come from nowhere. And not only that, I was the only person that helped her to close her suitcase when she couldn't close it. Mm. Nobody else wanted yeah. to help yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I was the only one that went to Big Brother and said, you need to fix this girl's teeth because she was grinding her teeth like crazy at night time. <laughs> and she had free dental work because of me. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, see, but the thing is they say it doesn't make good TV. So they're not going to show the kindnesses that a person shows to somebody no, else. The no. only reason that I did not like the way, and I, I say to her, it's, it's not that I don't want to be your friend or I'm not your friend. I don't know you well enough to be my friend. And also I don't like the way you do things. So if I don't like the way you do things, it's not going to bring me closer to you. But if something needs doing, I'm going to do it. So if she needs supporting on a task. I was going to support her on a task. Mm. And when, when I came out of the house, I saw this slug. Somebody was dressed as a slug. And I thought, oh, my God, they think I'm a slug. They oh all think. I, and what it turned out was that apparently Helen and the others in the house had been calling her a slug. So it wasn't actually me. I thought it was referring to me. It was actually, but people thought that was me referring to her as a slug. And mm. I'd never, anything that I ever said to her, I said to her face. Yeah. I never right, did the beat right, on that right. one. I said it loud enough for her to hear. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. she was a, a recidivist. She, she, she didn't learn lessons from things that she did wrong. She'd just mm. carry straight on and do them all over again, you know. But she was, she was in there playing a game. And unfortunately, I wasn't. I went in mm. there to live, do you yeah. know. And... Um, I think our series is the one that highlighted how Channel 5 had changed the whole concept of Big Brother. Mm. It was no longer a social experiment and seeing how you could get on with people. It was seeing how far you could stab somebody in their back to mm. win X amount of money. That That's what it turned into. Because even when we got out, I mean, the only reason why I gave Helen the pass to the final is because in conversation, and I think yet again, Channel 5 manipulated this because we were the only two moms in right. the house. We both had sons. My son had been bullied at school. Her son had been bullied at school. So we had a lot to talk about. She apparently was in the care system. So she'd said to me um, that if she won, that she'd do, you know, a project with kids in care. And I think she, well, I don't think, I know now, she only said that in order to get me to, to be nice to her. And, and because I was the powerhouse mate, she was sucking mm. up. Right. But I didn't realise yeah, this yeah. at the time because I took her at face value. Of um, course, and, yeah. You know, only to find out at a later date, the duplicitous young lady, um, and lady, I'm, I'm being generous by saying that, <laughs> because what she did with the money afterwards was not positive at all, all right. negative stuff. Um, she didn't do anything at all to do with young people, and she slated me in the... Um, daily star as well in her column and she mm. ran me down in there you know and i know that i've saved her from being arrested <laughs> right? i've walked about with her in in a club where she has done things that she shouldn't do and i said you know something you need to move yourself away from her she's and she's done mean things to me since coming out of the house which is why if we've got a mutual friend but if i if i'm there with her i don't i just don't speak to her 
Mm. I'm not going to cause an argument because it's done, it's over. But I know that she's a two-faced biatch and <laughs> she's not worth yeah, yeah. The, the she's not worth the bottom of my shoe. You know, and you know, I, I got slated loads for, for supporting her, but I I only go by what you, how you present yourself to me, and if yeah. you present yourself to me in a positive light, um, regardless of what you've done to other people, mm. you know, I'm going to take you for 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 what you are. And yeah. unfortunately, she was duplicitous, but I didn't realise that mm. at the time. And I can say now that I wish, in my whole heart, that I'd given that to Stephen. Oh. You know, and I wish Stephen had won. I love yeah. that man. I absolutely adore him. He is the best lad since sliced bread. And if I didn't have my Joel, he'd be my son. Oh, you know? yeah. he's, oh he's lovely. He's yeah. absolutely, you know. And the funny thing was, I made friends with Bianca. You know, the one that kept taking her top mm -hmm. off. Yes. Now, she, wasn't, she wasn't in the house at the same time as me. Um, I made friends with her after the after party, and she's absolutely adorable. She's she's a lovely young lady. She really is, despite all the shenanigans she got up to, you know. And she's got a lovely little girl now. And Stephen's got kids too, and he's getting oh, wow. married next year. So, oh my um, god! Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, so and 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 I, you know, every now and again, me and Chris Wright will have a tweet. Um, between it, between ourselves, um, a couple of them because I did support Helen, cut me off completely. Which you know, as I say, that's their choice. At the end of the day, um, I didn't, I didn't think I would get as good friends as I did with Bianca and Stephen. So that's a bonus anyway. The rest of them, if they don't want to talk to me, that's their business. You know, it's um, I was around before them, and I'll be around way after them too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. It was quite a long while ago, and different hands. It was at Channel Five, and obviously for twenty twenty three, it's just recently been announced that it's being resurrected by ITV, which was yeah. exciting news for me. Obviously, if you know fellow castmates pending. If they were doing an all-stars season and they asked you to come back, would you do it? It would depend on who I'm going to be in the house with. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't, you know, anyone... Or, or not, not even that, to be honest. Because I can be around people that I don't like anymore completely pretend they're not even there. But um, <laughs> it would depend on how I would be... Cause, because I was not allowed to be myself in the Channel 5 one. Because mm. I was I was menopausal at the time as well, and they told me I couldn't mention that I was having my menopause. Mm. Um, so, and it was the same with I was told don't tell anybody you're going in, so I didn't. But all the other people that were going in told people they were going in. Uh, but I, you know, I, yeah. I stuck to the rules. I'm a person as much as I'm a free spirit, whatever. If there's a protocol set, I will follow that protocol. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not my, if it's something that I'm not running, and it's a protocol for somebody else, I will follow that protocol. Um, and I was told you don't tell anybody because um, it was them that set up my Twitter. They set up the Facebook page because um, they set up everybody's. But all the other ones got people controlling them. Um, I didn't know you could do that, so I went. I went in there completely blind, completely blind. So I didn't know anything about you know getting your followers to tweet this and tweet that and tweet mm. the other. I absolutely nothing. And my poor son, um, he got hated on. Um, one day he was walking oh, no. in the street and somebody called him to, to their car and they threw something in his face. Um, horrible. And I think out of anything, that's the thing that hurt me more 
than what anybody could say or do to me. Yeah, for because sure. Because Jojo hadn't done anything to anybody. Yeah. You know, it, but he's quite shy. You know, so he was quite overwhelmed with the whole thing anyway. Mm. You know, he was very nervous about going on TV, um, which is why my nephew, Michael, um, took, you know, took, took most of the brunt for him because Jojo's not, he's, he's not, he's not, you know, gregarious um, in public places. He is in his own little circle. But, you know, he's, he's never one for the limelight sort of thing. Well, it's different on national television as well and often a live situation too with those family yeah. chats, you know. Yeah. So, of course, it's very, very intimidating, especially for a child. Yeah, well, because he was 20 at the time. You know, well, to yeah, me, that's well, still young. Like, that's still yeah. young, a young, young adult. But, like, I remember when I was 20, like, I, God, could barely... Yeah. <laughs> barely make decisions to save my own life you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was difficult for him um you know but to, I, I would go on again if i knew the score yeah i think that's 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 the, that, that's the thing it, it's going in there blind is not the thing to do because i mean what i realized was the american one scripted more or less or stage and yeah. that's what they try to eke in into into our version um, by, for instance, not if, the, if you don't let somebody go to the diary room to explain themselves, then what's out there is out there. And then what they choose to edit is out there. See, they can't edit something that hasn't happened, mm. you know. So I could, I, I remember um, one day, because um, I used to smoke and I'd stopped before I'd gone into Big Brother and I'd said to Stephen, I could kill a mofo now, which meant smoking. <laughs> and they pulled me in and said, Threats of violence and to kill people because they thought I meant Charlie. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and I and, and I'm just sitting there and I'm gritting my teeth and I'm saying something. You know, something. Just just say nothing. Just yeah. say. And I think that was one of the things I put against myself was saying nothing because I'm a person that if I can't get my, my point across, um, I'll say nothing because if I lose my temper, I get emotional and I don't say what I really want to say because it's mm. coming from my heart and I get all emotional and you know one thing for me I can't stand being accused of lying um mm. if I haven't lied if I haven't lied I'll, I'm going to be jumping on your left right and center and as I say I remember seeing seeing after because I've never watched the whole thing when I came out of the house and um, I did watch some at Stephen's house but the one thing I did see was I'd had a conversation with Jarlo and then she went out and she knew that Chris was the next person to be he was the sole evictor evictor Mm -hmm. And she went and told him a completely different conversation to the one that we had to make him hate me even more. And the conversation that we'd had was not what she relayed to him. No. So straight away, it's like, she's vile. I'm evicting Holly. You know, um, and and it was based on a lie. Yeah. It was great. And that, that girl did nothing but lie. And then, as I say, she tried to sort of gaslight me and say, oh, you brought it on yourself and, you know, causing too much trouble. No, if you're going to say the things you're going to say to me, I'm... and she kept bugging me about being her friend. Why do you need me to be your friend? Yeah. Friends me and everybody in here isn't going to be friends. You know, and plus you came at me to start with. Why would I want to go towards a person? I'll help you but don't expect me to be your friend, mm. you know? I mean, I, I've, I've, I've got two, well, no, one, two, three main friends, one passed away, um, Raymond. Um, and I've, they've been my friends for over 30 years. Those are what I consider my friends. Yeah. Then I've got my friends, you know, I've got people that know me, 
you know, you, you've got people that, that claim that they know you, that you've got people that know you. So the one lucky thing was that being on there, the people that knew me knew there was more to it than what they were seeing. Yeah. People who didn't know me, as I say, immediately cancelled any jobs I had, put a rat in my back garden, put poo through my front door. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had um, oh loads of death threats. I had um, been told to the N word that I am, go back and let my white slave master whip me for oh the end that I am. Oh yeah, oh, I, had, I had the whole kit and caboodle, um, you know, and, um, but that's, but, you know, that was based on what people believed they were seeing and, and Channel 5 did nothing. I mean, they gave me an 18 year old to escort me to the train station and oh. sent me home a train. So I had people staring at me and I'd like, aren't you that bitch from Big Brother? No. You know, all that, yeah, yeah, all Fuck that on the train, all. coming home. But they, they they put out in the press, we're going to need security for Pauline. Well, they didn't provide any, you know, and, and the, the thing that put, it put me off Channel 5 completely, the whole, yeah. not just in the moment, but the whole, whole of Channel 5. I mean, I stopped watching reality TV. Yeah. Um, because I realised then that it was just a total manipulation. Yeah. Of people that didn't know any better, mm. because I, I I believed it was going to be like Channel Four, because I I was an avid right. um, I was an avid was, oh. fan. And Channel Four was the the one. Davina, the one. my Davina girl. Davina McCall time. is the greatest TV host of all time, <laughs> of all yes, time. Yes, yes, without a doubt. Because the thing that I noticed with Emma was that she'd swing to the audience rather mm -hmm. than look at things for what they were yeah. and take it that way. She would rather have the audience love her to bits and rail on you, even if she knew the truth. And I lost my respect for her on my eviction night out completely. Mm. Ryland, on the other hand, love him, love him, oh, love him, love him. Ryland. Ryland is again. absolute sweetheart. And he's the second greatest TV host of all time. <laughs> I mean, it's and just, I, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm secretly hoping that it is Davina and Rylan. That that would be my choice. That would be my choice. Um, mm. They're saying Alison Hammond is going to be um, the little bit on the side version. Oh, I'd love that. Um, I think she'd do a good job. I think she'd do a good job. She'd she just needs to stop job. laughing too much and get into, into, into it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Into job. <laughs> but I think I think I think oh, she would focus herself on what what needs needs to be done. Yes, yes. You know? um, oh, I'm so excited. Again, yeah, it's what I'm saying. When when people uh, are putting Alison out there, all they ever all they ever think about is her like a, like being a more a more modern day Rusty Lee. All she does is laugh all the time. That girl can be serious as well. Oh, you know, and it's the same with Rusty Lee. Rusty Lee can be serious too. And it's like people have these visions that you're either. <laughs> <laughs> or, right. or you're angry and aggressive. Those, those seem to be the only two things that they think the black yeah. women are. Right. We're either ultra aggressive mm. or, you know, we're this knee slapping old bird yeah. that laughs all the time. Well, no, you know, we're just normal people like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I always say to people that everybody has at least six sides to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not even two. Everybody's, everybody, doesn't matter who you are, it just depends on what situation you're in. Uh, you're still, I guess, what are you up to now? You're still dancing? You're, you're teaching? I think you said you just yeah, teaching um, now. I'm teaching cheerleading. Um, are you? Also, yeah. And I'm about to start doing Don't. dance GCSE. I taught dance GCSE. That's the exam version of dance for school. Right. Um, 
but I also have got my own brand dance brand called um, Socorida Fitness because um, I put on four ounces of cake COVID I call it oh, <laughs> oh right yes yes didn't we all Yes. And I like to eat the product of my baking. Well, it's important to sample. <laughs> it is very important and to sample. And I've got stone, so it's coming off. Because my uh, sister also said, I've got to lose weight for a wedding. Because my niece oh. is getting married the month after. They're, they're getting married one, one, one month after each other. Oh, and they wow. both said, Auntie B and sis, lose that ass. Because I've got, I've got a lot of ass, but I've got more than my fair share. Right, so it, it, you yeah. look amazing. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see the top. Now I've gained a bit of a tummy. So yeah, I've started teaching the Sofa Reba again. Um, I'm going to be doing online classes soon too. So I'm just sort of hooking myself up with Twitch or oh. whatever. And um, oh. also, obviously, I've got my radio station, Jazzy Radio UK. You oh yes, tell us, in- tell us about that. What's 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 the deal with that? Um, well, I, I started a company called Jazzy Multimedia Services where. Um, I people because people seem to like my voice, so I'll read stories, do audio books, um, that kind of thing. Um, right. Jingles. If anybody wants me to do a jingle, I can do a jingle. Um, so I thought I'll do all the different things I do. I'll encompass it under that company, and then I, I wanted to start a radio station because I was I was on somebody else's radio station, and I wanted to do interviews and things, and all they wanted me to do was play music. Mm. And I thought, you know, something, start your own. So that's yeah. what I did. Um, so the, the shows that I do, um, there's a show I've got called Three Tracks of Impact where I ask, I speak to, to somebody um, that's interested to speak to. They don't have to be famous. Um, some are, some aren't. And then I ask about the three tracks that have made an impact in their lives. Uh-huh. So they tell me what they are. I play them slightly underneath and then I play them in their entirety at the end. So currently at the moment, I, I've got three shows on the go. Um, one's called The All-Star Show. And what that show consists of is um, music for people that do choreography. Because I do a lot of competitions, whether it's cheer, contemporary dance, whatever. And I tend to find, especially in the jazz category, that people are always using stuff like Chicago, you know, from the musical Chicago. And they don't use any other type. So I've been playing things like Ramsey Lewis and George (laughs) Duke and lots and and big band as well. Because um, I love Lindy Hop. Um, So I've been playing like Louis, Louis Jordan. So they get people that are listening in get an idea of different types of jazz music that they can do choreography to. Right. Um, and then, for instance, when um, before our beloved Queen died, or when she had a jubilee, I did a jubilee show where all the tracks included either the word queen or royalty, something right. like that. So they got an idea of, you know, if, they, if, if clowns as well. We had, like, I had a clown show. So if anybody wanted to do things based on the circus clouds, all the tracks were that related. So um, that's called the All-Star Show. Um, and then I've got another show, which was the first one I've started off with called The Essential Selection. And they're basically, it's basically a show that I play mainly dance tracks from my dance life. Because you could you could yep. give me a tune and I could tell you what I was doing at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, and that, that's where I got the inspiration to do the Three Tracks of Impact show from. So what you'll find me doing on a Sunday evening um, from 7 to 9 UK time is playing tunes that... Um, I used to dance to back in the day when I used to go to all days and all nighters and jazz clubs. So it's um, quite an eclectic show. Um, And all all the music from my childhood, you know, sometimes I'll play some Motown, I'll play some big band, I'll play some disco, um, I'll play some jazz funk, soul, um, Northern soul. I don't know if you, do you know about Northern soul in in Australia? 
Uh, not I, a lot. I don't. No, no I do not. Well, one of the most popular songs from Northern Soul is a track called The Snake. If you if you um, Google that, just type in The Snake, and there's also um, two that called uh, Ghost in My House, Seven Days Too Long. It's kind of like Motown, right. but not quite. And there was a whole movement called Northern Soul where people used to wear these baggy trousers called Oxford Bags. Mm. And um, within within an all day which would last from 11 o'clock in the morning till 11 at night, you'd have like a huge place like uh, Nottingham Palais. And in the big room, there'd be the Northern Solars. And in the smaller room called the Bally High Room, would be the Jazz Funkers. So I'm a jazz funketeer. Um, so I play a lot of jazz mm. funk. So the jazz funk, things like um, there's a British band called High Tension. Um, so it'd be all that kind of stuff and lots of jazz. Um, the type of the fast stuff because we used to do a, a dance called Steppers and it's kind of like tap, right. like hoofing, um, but without tap, without tap bottoms. So we'd have those two rooms. So I'd go from Northern Soul into jazz, into the jazz funk room, and vice versa. And then from the from the all dayers at eleven, we'd have something to eat. And then at midnight, we'd go across to a place called Romeo and Juliet because we'd save them for Locarno or Nottingham Palais first. We'd go to Romeo and Juliet over in Birmingham for an all nighter. So we'd be there then from midnight till 12 o'clock the next day. And in those mm -hmm. days, they used to let us bring our own drinks. So we'd bring our pineapple and lemonade, Rick Vic. <laughs> Other <laughs> <laughs> pineapples are out there. Um, we used to bring out on, on our own soft drinks and we used to bring changes of clothes, towels. And that's when we had clubs. I mean, we didn't really have nightclubs anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But when we did have that, that's what it was like. We all used to drink pop and hardly anybody used to really smoke. Um, mm. You were allowed to smoke inside the buildings in those days. We literally danced for 24 hours. Mm. And then we'd go home and have to go to school on the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the, music, the music I played um, on, on, on the, set, the essential section show is all stuff from there. And then on Saturday mornings, I do a Christian show um, called Dance Like David. Um, the reason I do that is because I got involved with um, the Music and Media Platform Awards and they didn't tell me at the time, but all the people that were nominated, but it's, it's a Christian music platform um, and it's every style you can think of from grime, hip hop, Afro yeah. beats, um, rock, contemporary. And it's really, really interesting. I thought, I quite like this. Because yeah, I'm yeah. sort of used to the Winans and Kurt Franklin, you know, the, all the all the typical gospel people. It's just only gospel music I ever really heard. Mm -hmm. um, and all of this kind of stuff. It, it, I love it. Um, so my mum said to me, you need to do a show on a Saturday morning. Aww. Yeah, I will. Because my mum likes her church stuff. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I, do, I do a show on a Saturday morning um, from 8 o'clock to 9.30 um, called Dance Like David. Let's rejoice. So, um, yeah, I, I, I did it this morning, but for some reason... Um, something happened with Zeno because I'm on the Zeno platform. Right. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You can, one thing with my show, my, my station is you can actually cause I upload all the shows I do. So you can like go on to, you can just type in Jazzy P Radio UK yep. into your browser and it'll come up. It'll say on the left, um, radio and on the right, it says shows. So you oh, can okay. just go to shows, click uploaded shows, and you can choose whatever shows um, you want to listen to. On average, they're usually about two hours. So I think you Amazing. get yeah, yeah. that long. I connect, <laughs> I connect with that in a big way because I come from a radio background and I have a radio show that I've had Eliza on many of times as well that I play a lot of music, new stuff and stuff from my childhood and stuff from the Balkans because I come from like um, former okay. Yugoslavia. My, my family's Bosnian 
and so I dive into that musical world, past and present, a lot too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love uh, hearing about people keeping radio alive in an era when it seems that it seems to be dying out, but like there's still mm-hmm. some really, really amazing people doing doing the good the fight. Yeah, it's it is only a web station. It's yeah, I didn't want to go up on top of a of a of a, of a, of a block of flats and put an aerial up. And wait for a dab license takes a damn long time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm a very impatient person. I'm, I'm just like if I want something doing, I am one of those. If you need it doing, do it yourself. Right. You know, so it's like I, I want to do. So the whole point of the show, the station, eventually will be that it's going to be an arts station. So it's, I'm not trying to compete with radio stations that play music because mm. what I will be doing is playing interviews with arty arty people. Um, right. So I go to dance competitions and I'll broadcast live from the dance competition. And so the people that aren't able to come and watch their kids perform can at least hear what's going on. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, um, yeah. you know and I do, do interviews with the competitors and they can do shout outs to people that are, you know, the people that are listening. So that's 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 where my radio station's at really. You know, it's, it's more mm. of a community based thing. And also my bra campaign. Um, I'm collecting yes. bras for mm-hmm. breast cancer. Yes. Um, I've got 450 so far. That's I had amazing. Um, so I'll be calling when I got to 500 and in October it's going to be Black History Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I'm going to be doing another event um, to combine the two and try and get a, a lot more bras again as I can. I've got six yes, bra yes. banks out in the areas now, in Telford and in Wolverhampton. Amazing. And I've just ordered some more <laughs> because well, I realised there was only actually one in my city, um, oh, which wow. I was really surprised by. Um, and it was from another organisation, but you know I don't care which organisation as long as they're there because women yeah. are throwing bras out all the time. Yeah, you know these bras—they're not going into landfill. And every seven, um, every one ton of bras brings in seven hundred pounds towards breast cancer research. Wow. That's so, amazing. You know, yeah, it's, it's, that's that's you know, and I'm on that for life now because my bestest auntie Velma, she passed away um, from oh, breast cancer earlier so on this year. And then my godmother is a survivor. She had to have a mastectomy. Um, so, you know, it's very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to make sure that, you know, the, these bras that were thrown away, and a lot of ladies are throwing away underwire bras now because they're saying they're not too good for letting your toxins out, your boobies anyway. Oh, um, oh. It's a bit it's the bouncing that's why i want to get i don't want to get rid of these a bit because they're bouncing too much when i dance um, <laughs> yes yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to get as many as i can um no worries, so do mine <laughs> well you know the so is, I, would, I would like to put the word out to any drag queens that have got any because it's not, not just asking for them for women i'm asking them for anybody that yeah. rolls with a bra or a basque anything like that you yeah. know um all they need to do is, I'm trying to think where, because I'm, I'm going to load it on my website as to where all the okay. bra banks are. So right, I mean, if anybody, I'm, or even if anybody in, in Australia wants to start one up, find your breast cancer yeah. organisation guys and get those bra banks spread through the country so that you can raise more funds to help people. Because especially secondary breast cancer is something that needs a lot of um, discovery into them as well. You yeah. know, um, yeah. so it'd, be, it'd be great if they can, you know, get some bra banks sorted out over in Aussie land and I can look upside down and <laughs> yes. be happy that they're yeah, there. I, I looked into after, um, I remember when you first posted about it back in May, I think when your auntie passed and I looked at, at it, into it straight away and I couldn't find anything. I don't know if I was looking in the wrong 
places, but I was, you know, Googling Bra Bank Australia because I got a drawer full of bras right here that I can't fit into. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I like I, I would love to do something with them because you know that's the kind of thing that you don't sort of necessarily when I'm giving away clothes, I'm like, do I give away bras as well? You know, when you're donating it somewhere, I never, I never know what's appropriate to take to the, you know, well, you the, the charity people, shop. A lot of people want to sell them on and they tend to find that people won't buy or they believe that people won't buy secondhand bras. Mm. Now, I tell you, some of the bras that I've got, I mean, some ladies have actually bought some to give to me, which is, you know, That's blessed. Lovely. But, um, you know, as long as they wash, because what happens is that a lot of them will go to Africa as well, where ladies have started businesses. Right. So they'll refurb the bras, repackage them and sell them on again. Okay. You wow. know, and, and, and the money from that goes towards the breast cancer research. So even with the little clips, if the little clips aren't working then and they can't get them fixed, they send them to metal companies who will, who will melt them down and use them in their products. So they're avoiding right. landfill to the to the amazing degree, you know. So um, if there aren't any bra bags, send them. Ship them over to the UK, my darling. I might have to do that. I'll get your address. You'll just get a box of bras one yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you my address and you can, you can gladly do that. Amazing. Um, also, I guess, just to refresh everyone, just remind everybody, where's the best place to find you on your website and any social media where they can uh, connect with you and keep an eye on what's coming up? Um, well, I finally got my... Because I, I, I was kind of anti... <laughs> social not anti-social media in in the concept of it was just that the time it takes to do it all yeah it's a lot yeah and so um, and i was people say oh you should have told people about i'm so busy doing yes but you know it's like <laughs> I, you know i have no time to tell people what i'm just you know i after the fact sort of thing because I'm, I'm not i'm not one i'm not very good at blowing my own trumpet i'll be honest i'm not very good at that at all um, which is why I'm trying to get somebody to do it for me because mm. it's like I'm always in the moment. Do you get what I mean? But yeah, yeah, as yeah. Far as, um, for Twitter, you can find me at Pauline underscore Jazzy. Mm -hmm. And then on Instagram, it's Jazzy PMMS. Mm -hmm. That stands for Jazzy Multimedia Services. What I should have done really is have everything saying the same thing, but I'm useless like that. Um, on on Twitch, you can find me because I'm doing my show like some of my shows live on Twitch, and that's Jazzy underscore P underscore Radio UK. Mm -hmm. And then on Instagram, no, I've done Instagram, haven't I? I've TikTok. Done Instagram. You've done Instagram yeah, on, on TikTok. I think it's Jazzy P Radio UK on TikTok. Excellent. Well, we'll put all this in the shows, like notes and stuff, and mm -hmm. people can find. But yeah, you I mean, the, the, the easiest thing probably would be to do is if you. Um, type in Jazzy P Radio UK. It'll mm -hmm. take you straight to my Zeno homepage. Right. And on there, it's got telephone numbers where you can WhatsApp me. And yep. it's also got the email address, which is Jazzy P Radio UK mm -hmm. at yahoo.com. Um, and then also my website um, is Jazzy P Multimedia Services. But the easiest way to find me is just to type in Jazzy P Radio UK and all of them come up on Google. Um, I'm not sure how it works on Bing. But use Google, folks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so on Google, the, the quickest, easiest way to find you would be to type in Jasmine Radio UK. Does this mean, and I'm just going to do a little cheeky request because we've, we had Gloria Gaynor on a few months ago yes. and we asked her, yeah. to, we asked if she would sing I Will Survive and mm -hmm. she did, which I was crying. I, I now realise that if you don't own the lyrics, I don't know if asking you to do a little bit of shocked is like illegal 
Well, if I, if I do it now, and then you can find out, and if it is, you don't use it. If it isn't, you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'd love so to. Have it in the bag then. Oh, you know, you yes. Know. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you, Eliza. Shell shut. Your love hit me in the right spot called yesterday and today I'm not. You came to me and I said, why not? And this is what I got. Love. No conditions, no ties, no rings. Just be together. Do our own thing. All the good things that our love brings really makes my heart sing shut. By the power of your love. I'm the fingers. You are the glove. Surrounding me with protective love. I can't get enough. Take me anywhere, any old time. Am I dreaming? This is sublime to you. I dedicate this rhyme. You're a love divine. I'm shut. Oh, my God. Oh my god, my childhood dreams, my inner child has just been nurtured. Amazing. (laughs) That was incredible. What a way to end things on. Jacqueline, thank you so, so, so much for talking to Eliza and I. This is just going to be an absolute pleasure and such an honour, truly. It really is. It's Saturday night here and best Saturday night in a very, 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 very long time. Oh, you never know when. If we we'll put it out, so put it out to the atmosphere. Get Carly to put me on a private jet and bring me over. Please, <laughs> please, we, we have to get you here. That would be amazing. Just to sneak into I've her luggage. I've never been to Australia. Have you? No, it's just wow. Barbados, Barbados, Barbados. Oh. I've been doing my private so uh, <laughs> we've got to get you here. We're, we're a bit, we're a bit far. Like we know that, but yeah. <laughs> it's worth it once you get here. <laughs> well, you've got beaches. Look, there's a beach. I'm happy. Yes, yeah. lovely beaches, lovely beaches. Beaches everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so, so, so much for this amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you for oh. your empowering words all those years ago that have stuck with both of us and every Kylie fan <laughs> everywhere. And, yeah, we just both wish you nothing but the best and yes. happiness <laughs> and joy and success and... Straight back at you guys. Straight back at you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Pauline. Okay, you're more than welcome. Bye. Bye bye, bye, darlings. Bye. Yes, you too. Well, folks, my goodness, that was Jazzy P on This Is Disco. That was Jazzy P rapping shocked on This Is Disco. And I knew that this was going to be an amazing episode and an amazing interview. And what I love about it is that we've talked music, we've talked rap, we've talked about her, you know, involvement in the rap movement through the 80s. Mm. And, but we also got to talk at length to her about her stint on Big Brother. And mm-hmm. as a huge, huge Big Brother nut, to the point that I have a four terabyte hard drive that has every episode of Australia Big Brother and every episode <laughs> of the UK and Celebrity <laughs> Edition, I'm a massive, massive fan. And I know that Pauline was a very polarising character on Big Brother and it was just really good to let her have her say mm-hmm. and just sort of set the record straight, but to also spill some juicy juicy tea about channel five and the way they ran Mm -hmm. things when they had big brother and Mm -hmm. of course it was amazing to gush with jazzy about how wonderful davina was as a host so (laughs) it was really really lovely just an amazing amazing chat yeah i'm so glad she got to tell her story and yeah like you said set the record straight 
once and for all. What an incredible woman. I feel very, very humbled and blessed that we got got that chance to speak with her. And we will, of course, post details of her upcoming afternoon tea for mm-hmm. the Combined Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Black History Month. Yes. So as soon as we have details from that, we will let you all know. Hopefully some of you can, you know, get along and go say hi to Jazzy, donate bras, or get people you know to donate bras. Yep. If you're not a bra wearer, whatever. Whatever you can do to help would be super appreciated. Please do if you can. It would be yes. Well, I guess that's us done for the month. I, you got, I guess you got, it is. You got us two times in a month this month. So I know. You know pretty lucky. We will, be back <laughs> later, we will be back later next month for mm-hmm. our next episode. And uh, stay tuned for that. We'll reveal yes. all very soon. Very soon. But until then, I guess it's time for us to get the heck out of here. I guess we should tell people where to find us as well. Oh, yeah. Where, <laughs> my darling Eliza, can the people find This Is Disco on the internets? You can find us at This Is Disco on Twitter and Instagram and at This Is Disco podcast on TikTok. Perfect. And, and yourself, my dear? I am at Ms. Eliza Day across Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And uh, you? I am... Well, first of all, there's The Record Doctor on Mixcloud, which is my radio show, at The Record Doctor on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, It's now on weekends, so alternating between Saturdays and Sundays. We've also got My Girls Loud podcast, You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, which is at Allowed Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And then there is, of course, my personal, which is Adam Eve on Twitter, Adam.Eve on Insta. And then the website, www.com therecorddoctor.com Amazing. And also, um, merch. This is Disco Merch. First mm. of all, thank you to everyone who has been purchasing Stunning. little things here and there. It's very exciting. Don't forget, Christmas is only, you know, less than 100 days away. So no, no. perhaps a Minogue fan in your life would like a little all-I-want-to-do mug or, mm. you know, a beach towel for those of you down under. So you can find all of those fabulous merch items um, at www.thisisdisco.threadless.com. Amazing. Make sure you do check out all of our wonderful merch available in the This Is Disco store as designed by the gorgeous Tash. Hi, Tash. Love you. Hi, Tash. Well, we're out of here. Been absolutely wonderful. And we'll see you again next month for another Monogue Monday on This Is Disco. Bye. Love and kisses, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.